and welcome back to another TAP Talks HR podcast. Today I'm talking to Andy Roberts, TAP Solutions leadership expert and TAP Talks HR regular about the emerging area of dispersed team leadership. Hi Andy, welcome back to the TAP Talks HR podcast. Hi Anthony, thanks for having me back. No worries. So today we're going to be uh, sharing our thinking on leading dispersed teams. So to get us going, can you explain to the listeners why dispersed teams have come to the fore just now? Well, I think we've been hearing about remote and virtual teams for a while, but if you think about these first few months of 2020 and now we're into the second half, you know, we've certainly had one of the most impactful periods of change for society and businesses and organisations that we could probably remember outside of periods of conflict or war. You know, the stable routines of everybody have been disrupted and businesses have found themselves with their strategic plans uh, going off to one side, not necessarily useful and possibly irrelevant. And this change has impacted everybody at all levels in all locations. Business models have changed, supply chains have been disrupted, travel has been massively disrupted, and therefore the world of work has fundamentally changed and I'm not sure it's going to shift back. You know, we've seen now over the last few months that the dust is settling on the initial panic around COVID-19. And we're starting to see that there is a shift in how we're going to work. But over the long term, we're probably going to see a different behaviour in organisations in terms of how organisations work and organise and set themselves up for success in the future. You know, there's definitely a huge amount of societal anxiety right now about being in close proximity to others. You could almost say that this is like a societal post-traumatic stress disorder. People are very concerned about being around others. And so as this trauma subsides to some extent, leaders and organizations are going to have to look at how they cope with leading differently, interacting differently. And I don't think we'll go back to what was the normal. And I'm a big hater of the new normal, but fundamentally there is going to be a reset across organizations and it's going to change you know from a business perspective a political perspective a social perspective and we're also already seeing huge amounts of technological change to support the new uh, way of working going forward so i guess this whole uh, crisis has actually accelerated what was already on the horizon anyway i can only remember back in the new year talking to a couple of clients out in spain about the pressure to do more remote and virtual working. And I can remember literally the first week of February saying, well, the writing is on the card. Your teams will go remote sooner or later, not knowing actually that two (laughs) weeks later, everybody would be going remote. So um, a lot of the predictions about that have come real because of the pressure of uh, COVID. And so we've effectively accelerated what would have happened naturally anyway. And clearly because of the stress and anxiety, Organisations are having to change and operate differently, uh, both themselves, but also with their stakeholders, customers, partners. And clearly that brings changes in the financial impact, the business model impact, but also the leadership impact. And as I think about this, that's a lot of strain on leaders and managers. And even those who are particularly solid, nimble, experienced leading their businesses, their teams, and now having to get to grips with a new way of working and of leading in a time of flux. And my sense is the flux will continue for a while, 
because we're just going to have to change how we operate. And if I think about leadership development over the last 20, 30 years I've been involved with it, we've never really equipped people to work so remotely, so virtually, so in a way that is like this at the moment. So dispersed teams is here to stay. And as we think about dispersed teams, that is different from those remote teams where everybody is virtual and they're all in different locations. I think we're going to see a flux between some people working together, some being apart, and that actual constellation changing over time as well as business needs change, people become more comfortable working together or not, as the case may be. So leaders are going to have a flux of working in dispersed teams where people are situated in many different places a long way apart from each other. And so that's going to be a critical element, I think. So culture is going to have to change. Leadership is going to have to change. And the amount of interaction is going to have to change. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Because um, in in this uh, strange old year of 2020, we've been really concentrating on infection rates with lockdowns and, and things like that. But actually, if you strip away the medical side of what's going on, actually what we're left with society is this huge amount of change that's happening in a very short space of time and change as we know you can think of your Kubler-Ross curves and god knows what it causes anxiety and it causes emotion within people so actually what we're saying here is we've got the whole physical change of actually working remotely and in dispersed teams but actually there's this the leaders need to to kind of concentrate more on the emotional side of their leadership style and we've talked about emotional intelligence in the past over the years with with leadership it's almost like that's got to really come to the fore at the moment um so so that's super interesting so thinking about that um how do you think we need to approach this i mean thinking about um leaders obviously need to re-equip themselves how do you think uh, organizations need to look at that so i definitely think there needs to be a, a raise in the leadership capability and also actually a raise in the capability of employees to work in this new uh, more dispersed way um, the old you know going back to the times of remote working where isolation confusion and fragmentation was an issue they will still remain and i think we throw into that you know daily flux and um, impacts that are happening outside the business, having a mental impact on those in the business, what leaders are going to have to really do is amplify or dial up their capability of, of leading dispersed teams. And that also includes taking care of themselves. And I don't think that's one thing that's been particularly strong on the agenda of leaders over time. So that's definitely an area. But there are certainly, you know, as we've looked at this, there are some critical areas that we think leaders need to be really working on to help themselves going forward in terms of how they manage the task, but also how they manage the people. And as we think about leadership, you know, often we go back to the beginning of leadership development and we say, well, it's all about you know, great leaders and how they were made to be great leaders. But actually, if we look at the COVID-19 era, a lot of the uh, countries that have been doing better uh, have a lot more emotional intelligence, a lot more connection to people. You know, Germany, New Zealand, the Nordics as a group in general, there's been a lot more empathy and uh, humanity in the leadership. So as we've been looking at the work around this, there's definitely opportunities to improve the dispersed leadership. And actually, there are some very critical areas that have to be considered. 
Yeah, and that's really interesting, isn't it? When when we do reflect upon actually how it's gone down in, in global politics and everything, I think that that style of masculine leadership, banging the table, leading from the front. Well, I mean, you can bang your table now, but no one's going to hear you, are they? Because you're all working remotely. But um, I, I think uh, if we, that that area of openness, honesty. Um, almost like a kind of vulnerability of a leader is now really more associated with because people are really thinking this and feeling this at home that and um, and as you rightly say we're in a state of flux now so I mean some offices are now COVID secure you can go back into the office but you have to probably book a desk kind of thing so you might go in one or two days a week um, and that would be with different people around you but eventually you might be going in three days a week but the thought of going back five days a week permanently, I think is actually becoming quite alien to a lot of office workers, especially. So I think, uh, so So that flux of you're seeing different people each day, and there are some people you might see very, very rarely. How does a leader deal with that almost two-speed culture? Because so you'll have the rituals and artifacts of the culture of those back in the office, um, which always happens a little bit faster. And then you have those in the same kind of team but they're actually remote and how do you as a leader make sure everyone feels part of that kind of multi-speed cultural team it's a it's a it's a real tough one isn't it it is actually i think there's definitely some behaviors around dispersed leadership that that leaders can do that really help right so as i think about this dispersed way of working um, leaders have always been conduits of messages and of communication but I think that really has to be raised across leaders, the ability to filter out from within and from outside of the organization and let their team members know what's essential and what's important and try and reduce the noise down because I think there's just so much noise right now. So being a communication conduit is really one of those. Having that empathy and compassion for their people uh, is particularly important as well, realizing not everybody is in the same situation. I mean, it's interesting, I was running a workshop last week for a, a global aircraft manufacturing company. And we were talking about, you know, a lot of people had similar experiences of COVID-19 and remote working and dispersed working, but everybody's experience is unique. You know, introvert, extrovert, with family, without family, loss of loved ones, loss of colleagues, wanting to be with people. Everyone has got a unique way of, of being at the moment. So empathy and compassion sits up there really high, high in that area of dispersed leadership. At the same time, the leaders have got to be really good role models, right? You've got to be able to let people know what you're expecting of them and show it yourself. So you know, while you can't see walking the talk, you really have to Zoom or Microsoft Teams the walk fundamentally and with that you need to be in a place of positiveness and I'm not saying everything's going to be great and fantastic but more a bounded optimism where we're realistically positive about the future recognizing times might be hard and might be difficult but having a sense of there is a tunnel and there is a light and we can certainly get past it and it actually reminds me of Rafa Nadal's finishing statements yesterday at uh, Roland Garros, uh, which he won for the 13th time. He says, you know, together we will get through this. And um, that's bounded optimism is very positive. So I think those are four things. You know, being a really good communication conduit, having some empathy and compassion, being a role model and being positive and having that bounded optimism are four things I think would really make the difference. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Because they are things that have existed 
in leadership theories um, analysis of great leaders and everything so I, I think it comes back to that point of actually dialing up and amplifying certain leadership traits that are more important at the moment to consciously think about them and I love the fact that you put empathy and compassion together because it's almost like you, it might be great to have loads of empathy I really 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 feel for everyone around me but if you don't display compassion I think people won't actually get the fact that you're actually trying to adjust. And I think compassion is a very new word in a lot of leadership circles. Um, but I think that showing a vulnerability and that you're human as well and you're suffering to a degree as much as everyone else is, I think is, is almost as important as the empathy side. So that's great. And they're, they're four really interesting areas of how leaders can interact with either individuals or the team. You were talking earlier about the leader themselves and they need to make sure they look after themselves. What kind of things were you kind of thinking of there? So I think there's a, a couple of things that really stand out for me right now. And I think, again, these have been looked at in the past, but I think they really need to be dialed up now. So I think the first one that you know really connects with me is this idea of interpersonal resilience, the ability to reframe the situation that we're facing and the team is facing, uh, the ability to adapt, and the ability to have the motivation to drive forward. So personal resilience, interpersonal resilience is, is critical. That also impacts the role modeling, I think. And then the second one is just the awareness of self. So the impact that we have uh, around us and recognizing how we're doing. So uh, coming back to emotional intelligence, awareness of our own emotions, compassion for ourselves and mm. being authentic for ourselves, not what's expected of us, but being real and genuine. And I think about leaders often hide behind these management or leadership masks and they really need to be a bit more uh, compassionate for themselves. And it's okay to take some time off, or it's okay to have a bit of a you know, down period, recognize that you've got to be looking after yourself with that mindfulness and also mental well-being, which clearly is you know, very much top of mind at the moment. Being, but being able fundamentally to recognize our emotions, manage them, uh, self-care is, I guess, how I would take this. These would be two things really important. So a uh, deeper understanding of ourselves and also our ability to be more resilient. Yeah, and I think it's interesting you talk about leaders taking some time out because I think uh, a lot of leaders I've been speaking to have fallen into the trap that because we can't really go on the usual holidays we were we were doing pre-COVID, then actually people are going, oh, I won't waste my holiday. I won't take time off because there's nothing for me to do because that usual what you did on your time off doesn't exist there. So, so it's almost like people have not taken time out and almost verging on burnout now, just as a, the Northern Hemisphere goes into winter time, we're losing light. And actually that, that can be quite a, a, a depressive state for some people. I think um, it's almost like there was a missed opportunity to actually get some time out and some people are being affected. But it, it's, it's interesting because some of those traits you're talking about the leader, you could argue that are the same for actually the individual in the team, the team member, couldn't you? So where do you see, um, things that need to be dialed up for the actual team member themselves is it same is it different i think both of them are there i definitely think of the two that in that interpersonal resilience piece really stands out for me so we've got to support people coach mentor develop train people to be more resilient in the teams again because all of their situations are so unique i also think the, the leader has to support the team by providing the context the environment the culture where they motivate 
and particularly they motivate through the interaction that they're doing as well. So the style of the leadership that comes across, you know, being compassionate, being nurturing, having humility, but again, at the same time, providing positive messages and positive support. So really motivating the team members or creating the context for motivation is particularly important. And that will actually help with their own resilience. And then I think there's two things that really have an impact always on, on teams. One is uh, team cohesiveness. And I think team cohesiveness has always been there, but it's changed now. The level of social interaction, I think, has dropped. The informality of being able to pop down the corridor and have a quick coffee or go out for lunch or walk across the road has, has dropped. And also the trust piece is it's harder, I think, to build trust when you're not there. And if we think back over the last six months, I mean, there was definitely a hiring freeze in the first few months as people trying to get to grips with the new situation. But now the reality is also people are being hired into roles to work in teams that they've never, ever met. And therefore, they have to build the team cohesiveness as part of that process, build the trust. Uh, so being authentic you know, and being servant-like in the leadership. And then I guess the, the final element here is helping the team to be even better. So empowering them and helping them be better even at learning. So, you know, having confidence in them, giving them the space to do their work, not micromanaging, not having systems that check on them, grabbing their screenshots of what they're doing and allowing people to get on with the great things with the right amount of autonomy and discretion that people need when working in a dispersed way. And realistically, allowing them to adapt to how they need to work to get the work done. At the end of the day for myself, Anthony, if the work gets done and the clients internal or external are happy and there's still innovation and improvement going across the business, does it really matter where people work and how they work or at what time they work as long as the work gets done around the clients or the people that they need to support? And I, as I think about that, I can think about you know, there's people I know who have worked from yachts in the Caribbean and you know, trekking across Australia from the, in their motorhomes. But it needs the leader who empowers people to go and do that and still helps them keep learning as we deal with the new technological challenges and ways of working that we're facing. Yeah, I think there's, there's so much there. And, and I think the important thing that I'll probably I'll pick up on is uh, the informality of the social interaction within the team and the leader's role there. Because people, it's, it's probably the last thing that a lot of leaders are thinking at the moment is actually, oh, I need to do uh, ensure informal social activity happens in my team. But actually, if you think about it, you've always done that as a leader. If you think about the office, we sit, uh, the physical office, Quite most of us sit in open plan offices with a barrier that's about two foot high between us. Why is it two foot high? It's because if it was six foot high, there would be no interaction informally between people. If there was no barrier, people would feel too exposed. If we all sat in separate little offices, there would be nothing going on. So it's almost like the, the work environment over the years has reflected the needs that the leader has from their team we now move their physical location so they're all separate so there has to be an input from the leader to actually create that informality and the, the one thing I've noticed it's impossible just to pick up the phone and talk to someone at the moment you have to schedule a meeting and it's because everything is now meeting 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 even if it's little short ones and actually that informality of just leaning across and asking someone a question you now have to wait half a day sometimes even if you have a chat facility etc so I think there's very much a 
positive action that a leader has to do to ensure that people are chatting to each other, which I think will help that isolation of individuals when the, maybe some of the team are working together, et cetera, they're by themselves and the leader can only chat to them once a day because they have many things to do. That social informality will fill that gap of isolation. So amazing stuff there, Andy. So thanks for that. But I, I'm, I'm very much aware we've talked around the person-centered stuff for a long period of time here and that, that emotional intelligence that a leader has to portray across and how to get the best out of the mental health and the, the individuals and the team. We talked about task um, behaviors as well right at the start of this podcast. And, and I don't want to finish the podcast without kind of talking a bit about that. So when we're thinking about dispersed teams and what's happened this year, all the work changing and, and what's the, the kind of the kind of task-centered behaviors we need to be dialing up at the moment, we need to be amplifying to ensure we can cope with the world around us. Well, I think there's quite a few things. I'd say. First off, I'd say is we still have to be doing the work, but we have to look at what's available out there in terms of technology to support what we do. Um, a lot of organizations have got uh, mindsets around what's possible and what's not possible. And my, I guess my first thing would be go out there and explore what's possible in terms of what you need to help do the work. But in terms of the skills that teams need right now to do the task, there's definitely some new skills coming up for leaders. I think certainly uh, high in the organization, but also now I would say lower down. So the first one really is around sense making. Um, as we deal with the, the things that are happening right now, leaders at all levels have to become better at it. So that's anticipating problems and preparing. And, you know, VUCA as an idea has been around now for several decades. I think we're almost post-VUCA at the moment. But it's that ability to recognise what's on the horizon, the early warning signs, uh, recognise and identify the nature and scope of problems and figure out ways of dealing with it and bringing in agile and flexible ways of working and leading uh, the team and doing the tasks also. So particularly in that distributed way. I think that's the first thing. The second one for me is uh, how you respond to those changes that you've detected through sense making. So reprioritizing you know, what has to be done, the urgent versus the important versus the absolutely essential. Uh, leading in a, in a direct and confident way, making sure that as you're responding to uncertainty and crisis, people know what's going on, what their involvement is, what they need to be doing, and also recognising that now is probably a great time to shake up the way of working and look at things as an opportunity to shift and make changes in the team tasks practices and making sure that we know what people are great at and, again, upskilling them, ready for the future so that they can deal with the way that they respond to those different crises or uncertainty that's out there. And then I guess the final one for me really is around uh, team resilience. We've spoken a lot about the individual resilience, but there's also resilience within a team. So how do we create effective collaboration, the social support that we've just mentioned, and that all comes through a quality of communication, a quality of reflection, and also a, a great way of reframing what's happened and how we can use what, what's happened and what is happening to deal with the current. So sense-making, responding to what's happening through the sense-making, and then team resilience, I guess, would be the three critical areas. Yeah, and that's really interesting, isn't it? Because most of what you said there is, uh, is around this, this concept of change, uh, and you, you touched on it, that actually this is a great opportunity as well. And as much as this all started because of bad things happening in the world, it's, it's interesting how in times of societal 
trauma and change in history has been some of our biggest times of innovation. Um, the classic example, uh, I, I had to talk to my GP the other day, take seven days to get an appointment. You now speak to someone first thing in the morning, they'll phone you back mid-morning, you're on a an audio call, but they can ping through text messages, requests and forms for you to sign off, and you can upload a photo of what's wrong with you, and it goes straight to them. You can have a diagnosis, you never left your house, and it's six days quicker than what it used to be. Where So we've innovated the technology in a short period of time, and I think there are so many things in our the way we work and how we work that we can actually build into this and actually change for the better and actually help people be more flexible in their lives, et cetera, moving forward. But I think you're right that understanding the vast amounts of change that's going on and sense-making and then being able to be quite agile in how you deal with it, I think is quite important. So, I mean, that's great, Andy. We, we've talked about so much today around dispersed uh, team, team leadership. Uh, think, thinking, and I'm going to throw this question at you, um, if there's like one or two things that you think leaders should be thinking about after listening to this podcast or, or, or a piece of advice that a member of the HR team can communicate, what's the one or two things that you think a, a leader could be thinking about reflecting on today to actually change their behavior right here, right now? So I think the first thing is to, to really do a self audit of their skills and capabilities and, and also mindset about working and leading in, in this environment uh, with dispersed teams. So I'd say, you know, take significant time out for self-reflection. What skills do they have and don't they have and where do they need to build? Also, leaders should become a bit more comfortable being uncomfortable and dealing with the unknown and uncertainty. And then I think the third thing, and this is quite uncomfortable for a lot of leaders, is get more connection with your teams and make it unique for every single individual because everybody is unique. And those, those are the three things I'd really fundamentally say. You know, do a self-audit, um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable and connect with your team in a far better way. And that hopefully, you know, if they dial those three things up, will help them be better uh, leaders of dispersed teams. Fantastic. And I have literally nothing to add on that. There is an amazing summary. Thank you. Andy, as always, it's an amazing pleasure talking to you. And uh, I'm sure the listeners are feeling that as well. So thanks very much, Andy. You're so, welcome, Monty. Thanks for having me along. No worries. Well, that's it for this podcast. Thanks as always for listening. Uh, we have a white paper on dispersed team leadership. And if you want to download this, you can actually go to tapsolutions.com and just follow the link. And you can see the kind of background to our research in this area of dispersed team leadership. And actually, there's some hints and tips about what you could be doing as an organization there. But that's it. Uh, we'll be back soon with another Tap Talks HR podcast. Uh, bye for now.